But I just know from my experience over so many years of dealing with chronic depression and um, anxiety too, I have that as well, mm-hmm. that it, I, all those shoulds actually made it worse. Hello and welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. Nita Sweeney is my guest today. She is the award-winning wellness author of the running and mental health memoir, Depression Hates a Moving Target, How Running with My Dog Brought Me Back from the Brink. And she's also the co-creator of the writing journal, You Should Be Writing, a journal of inspiration and instruction to keep your pen moving. She's a certified meditation teacher, mental health advocate, ultra marathoner, and former assistant to writing practice originator, Natalie Goldberg, who is one of my heroes, uh, heroines, however you want to say that. (laughs) So Nita, thank you so much for being on Self Talk. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and just looking forward to this chat. Yeah, me too. So let's launch into it. Um, how did you get here? What was your calling? Well, I've been writing most of my life and trying to get a book published and you know, I've had articles published and things like that. But things really came together when I started running, which doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. But I have had chronic depression also most of my life. I was diagnosed as bipolar, I think about 15 years ago, because I presented as depressed. And so they didn't realize that I was also having you know, the manic end of it that much. Mm. And I saw a social media post of a high school friend, my age, same size, which I was actually much larger than I am now at that time. And it said, call me crazy, but this running is getting to be fun. <laughs> and I really thought, she had lost her mind. I really <laughs> thought we should send help. Yeah. You know? But I, I was in a very low place in my life. I'd had um, one year where seven different, seven different people, plus a loved one's cat that I adored all died in uh, one year. And one of those was my niece. And the last one was my mother. Um, so it was just a horrible year. And, and with grief, Sometimes it's not when it actually happens that it's the worst. It's awful then, yes. but there's things to do. And then, you know, yep. and so um, a couple of years later, it just got bad and I was suicidal. I was really thinking about um, not wanting to be here anymore. Hmm. And I saw that social media post and I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't put on my trainers right away and hop out. No, no, no. I sort of stalked her for a while. And she just seemed to really be enjoying it. And she seemed happier and she seemed lighter and she seemed, I don't know, just a lot of things that I was not having. And Mm -hmm. so one day, um, it was in the spring, I live in central Ohio, uh, USA, where the winters can be kind of harsh. And in the spring, there was still snow on the ground, I think, but the um, little buds were starting to pop, the crocuses and the Mm -hmm. snow bells were starting to pop up. And something about that tripped a part of me that still wanted to live. And I thought, I have to try something. I'm on medication. I'm in therapy. I meditate. I do writing practice. What is the missing piece? Yeah. Movement? Maybe movement? Well, it turned out it was. And so I mm. leashed up the dog, went down in this little hidden ravine, and that's all. And I wrote a book about it. It's all in there. Um, and that started me on a journey, which oddly enough, ended up in my publishing my first book, which wow. is not what, I mean, that day, all it was was about let's just stay on the planet. 
Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it wasn't, you know, that took some time too, but that it was a trajectory that I didn't um, anticipate and has been really wonderful for the most part. So fantastic. You, you said something that really struck a chord with me and, and as my therapist ears kind of went, uh, which was, it didn't happen right away. You got the, the impetus, you, you, you know, the, the, everything was there. You saw your friends post and you went, okay, she's nuts. And then, uh, but you, it took you a while to kind of find your way to moving and running and, and so, and What's really beautiful about that story is that those crocuses, you know, they, they blossomed for you. You know what I mean? That, that, that was your anchor to say, to, to flip the switch in you. And I think it's really important to point those things out is that oftentimes we, we get the shoulds, you know, I should be doing, oh, I should do that. And then we, we, and we know logically what we should be doing, but we don't, it's not quite time yet. I like to say we haven't learned the lesson yet, you know, and it sounds and it sounds like that's what you needed to to push yourself in that direction. Yeah, in hindsight, this is so much easier to see in hindsight. Of course, mm-hmm. um, I was like that little bud that was underground, mm-hmm. that yes. little flower that was underground, and it just took enough warmth or enough time, enough right. warmth, the things. And I get a lot of people now. I mean, I've I've um, the book has. Uh, uh, I always joke that I'm an accidental mental health advocate because that wasn't my goal either. Um, right. But it's been great. I'm happy. Very. It's it's perfect. Um, but people ask me, oh, I wish my sister would read your book. I wish my son would read your book. I wish my, you know, and I say, well, you can get one for them. Um, I'm happy to talk to them. But I just know from my experience over so many years of dealing with chronic depression and um, anxiety, too, I have that as well. Mm hmm that it, I, all those shoulds actually made it worse. Mm-hmm. It was, it was yes. like an extra, it was, I mean, I tend to maybe, I'm, maybe it's a rebellious personality. I'm not sure, but it just, it just added a layer to, I mean, I'm already feel, I already feel like I can't move because there's right. leads attached, attached to my arms and legs. And then you give me this should on top of that. And, and I do it mostly to myself. It's actually more sure. me than other people. Sure. Um, and so I just say, remember, this person might be in crisis and um, and it it there has to be some spark inside them yes. that, that you can you can offer things. You can say, how can I be helpful? Mm-hmm. Um, you can suggest. But ultimately, that spark has to come from within them. So Absolutely. I'm grateful. I mean, I'm so grateful because I really believe that there have been several times in my life if there weren't these just tiny shifts in things. Um, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be here. Just that's just the way it is. It's just these tiny shifts and uh, we can, our loved ones can create conditions to help us stay, but it's uh, so much of it is out of our hands. Yeah. And that's a really important point too. And, and the whole should thing um, it's a word that I've tried to, I'm, I'm doing really well with eliminating from my vocabulary. It never really has a function, does it? Except to make you feel bad. You know, and no matter what it is, whether it's the laundry or making a huge life change, uh, there's no help in the should. So um, beautiful. So in terms of your so you have two things happening. There's the running and the writing. Um, Let's look at one each each of them. Um, What would you say? uh, 
would be the purpose of writing in terms of connecting ourselves to our true selves. How does writing help us do that? That's exactly it. It connects me to me. I write and I find out things I don't know that I believe or I don't know that I think or emotions I didn't know I had. Mm. Or sometimes it helps me make sense of emotions that are so big, especially with bipolar. Sometimes my emotions can get so big. I can be too much. I'm just too much. And writing, um, I do writing practice, which is a timed writing where there's no editing. You set a timer, you go for, you know, we start with usually 10 minutes and uh, so there's no uh, there's no space for that inner critic to get in. And mm-hmm. then after the important step people forget is to reread it, mm-hmm. because a lot of times in the rereading, especially if you can read it aloud, to aloud yes. else who's mm-hmm. doing it where you do it back and forth like that. Right. With um, no comments, no comment. No comment right, right. No comment. It's a very it's based in Zen. It's a, mm-hmm. that's the Natalie Goldberg's Becker and that. Um, digestion of your experience, there's all these little aha moments, everything from, you know, I really don't like French toast to, oh my gosh, that's my purpose for being in the world. I mean, anything, all those things in it yes, yes. um, can come up. So yeah, it's a, it's the way to connect with yourself. And then for a writer, you connect with yourself first through that kind of writing. And then you go to the page and I'm still technically doing writing practice because I do pretty much everything in timed writing, but it's, I've come, I've had that connection with myself. And so what I put on the page for possible publication feels deeper and richer and more true and more authentic and sometimes makes more sense because I've sort of thought it out in the writing practice that no one will see. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful point. And I, I started studying with Natalie Goldberg about 30 years ago and it changed my life. And it, it, it completely what, it, cause I was also going through depression at that time. And what I found, and, and I wonder if you could speak to this as well, um, was that I found it because it's so non-critical, right? Whatever comes out is meant to come out and it's accept. it's like learning acceptance of the way your mind works. Yes. Right. And so when you're writing and you're in that zone in those 10 minutes and not editing and you're allowing sometimes very painful things to come up, um, there's a there's a gentleness to it. And in in that acceptance of whatever it is that I'm going through is okay, you know, and and sometimes it can be scary. I'm going to show this is my my writing notebook. <laughs> and, um, and and I sometimes what comes up is like what is that you know and and but then when you reread it and you read it out loud uh without the judgment you begin to sort of see this as just a thing that's moving through you and it's okay right and so in terms of mental health as you were as you were saying it can be very healing to allow yourself to have that um, release from self-judgment as well. Did you find that? Yes. The notebook is a safe space. Mm -hmm. It's a safe space. And it it took a while. um, Well, back to the, it took a while theme. Um, Even when I started doing writing practice many, many years ago, I was practicing law when I discovered Natalie's main, the book that everybody knows, Writing Down the Bones. And I um, talk about self-judgment. And so to have that 
space on the page to just say anything. No, nobody was going to see it. Right. Um, unless it was somebody else who was doing the same practice. We had that right. kind of equity. Mm-hmm. It was so freeing. Um, but at first I, it was so hard to not want to correct, not want to yes. do it. It was so yes. strong. And just noticing how strong that editor was, mm-hmm. was powerful mm-hmm. because it had been with me forever. I mean, as yeah. long as I can remember, I'm sure. And so that awareness was also helpful. Um, but yeah, with the, with the mental health piece, just having a safe space where I can talk about things that you just don't say out loud. I yeah. mean, you just don't say them out loud. Well, unless you're reading them out loud, which we say, um, but yeah, yeah, sometimes you go to really painful places. Sometimes you go to, can be neutral or even boring. Some days right. writing and it really is boring. Yes. Really is. And, that's, <laughs> and you get to be okay with that in the, right. Uh, in meditation practice, we talk about equanimity, mm-hmm. which is a balanced state of mind. And it's a way of accepting kind of whatever comes. Yes. And it doesn't mean you don't do anything about it sometimes, but but internally being able to not be mm-hmm. um, bandied around by all of that. Yeah. Writing practice really, really helped with that too. Yeah. And and um, what I love, I last spring, I guess, I took an online workshop with Natalie and one one of my favorite parts was you talked a, a moment ago about like it's okay to be boring, you know. And and Natalie was saying uh, she went through some of her notebooks and thought, geez, I complain all the time. That's all I do is I complain. I got it, you know. So she learned a little bit of something about herself. But one of the funniest parts was at, on in, during one of the workshop uh, classes, she asked people, uh, and this is about the inner critic, right? Self talk, right? The inner critic. She said. I want people to come up on the Zoom screen and read uh, something you think is shit. I want to hear your shit. And so everyone would, you know, someone would read and she said, that's not shit. I want some, I want shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it made you realize that what you think is terrible writing to someone else. It's, it's an insight into just whatever little glimmer moment of your life. Um, and that we are way so, you know, way too hard on ourselves most of the time, you know, one of the things I'm not sure if she talked about it in that workshop, but one of the things she often talks about is what she calls the gap, which is the difference between what's actually on the page and what you think is on the page, because yeah. as you're writing and whether you're typing or handwriting, your hands are there creating the words and they're connected to your arm, which is connected to your shoulder, connected to your heart. Right. Meanwhile, your head is up here, 18 inches or so depending on how you are, um, away from your heart. <laughs> me. And there's this gap and reading it aloud or especially in that situation, reading it aloud to other people helps close that gap. So you yes. realize what's actually on the page. Sometimes it takes time to close the gap, which is yeah. why they often suggest um you know, if you're writing something possibly for publication to give it some space, let it breathe a bit before you go back because you're yeah. still so invested in it. But yeah, that, that practice is such a good thing at, at uh, closing that, that gap and seeing what that inner critic is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know I just, uh, yeah, and once you things. build the habit of doing it every day, um, it becomes something that you look forward to doing in a way, even sometimes you don't feel like it. even Natalie talks about like, oh, I don't want to do this. So you, and then you just sit down and you do it. And there you are. And 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 you don't always have to reread it for a while. You know, you can go back to it later. Um, So let's switch gears to to running. So what is your connection with running and writing? Well, the biggest connection was the endurance. 
because mm. um, writing takes energy, especially big projects. And I really, 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 my bucket list goal was to have a book with my name on it. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, and, and I wanted it to be traditionally published if possible. Nothing against indie, um, you know, self-publication. That's fantastic hybrid. There's lots of options. The world is amazingly full of options. Um, <clears throat> and I would... Um, and it was also an inner critic thing too, but mm. I had, I had really come close with a book that I'd written about the last year. My dad was alive. It was, um, he was diagnosed with cancer six months after I had been hospitalized, uh, for a near suicide attempt. And I'd been this, you know, really important, da, 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 busy lawyer, blah, 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 mm. um, not enough time for my family, that kind of thing. I'm so important kind of thing. Mm. And then bam, I'm in the hospital. And then I'm in treatment and staring at the wall all day. And he says, in my last year here, I want to play golf. That's all I want to do. And so we spent the summer together and uh, play golf all around these, I call them goat pasture golf courses in central Ohio in Licking County. And I had written that. um, I'd taken through MFA school. I had hired editors. I'd done all kinds of things and just was not getting anywhere. And I'd gotten, I think, eight rejections from agents. And I, I would, I would work on it and then give up and then work on it and then give up and work. And it was just the kind of thing where um, I didn't have the physical stamina or the emotional stamina to withstand what it takes to get a book published. Mm. Um, And, and I think also, I may not have known what the story was totally where I'm a little more clear on that now. Um, uh, And so when I started running, it wasn't very long before other people started noticing a shift in my mood. And I'm always writing. I, um, after almost every run, I'll write down just even a few sentences, you know, saw the poodle down the street, saw the neighbor um, left foot, felt weird, uh, tired, not, you know, just little things like that. And so I'm always writing. So I have those, um, call them journals, um, but a record of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I have a thing about recording my life, which might be weird, but it's really good if you're a memoirist. Um, yeah. so, so as I continue to run and continue to write about this, um, after I ran my first half marathon, I thought, you know, I am, what was I 49 or 50? Um, here I am, this middle-aged woman who takes up running. Maybe there's a story in that. And so I thought about running, writing kind of a couch to half marathon story. And so I kind of started with that. And then eventually I ran a, my first full marathon. And then I thought that, okay, now that's more of a story. And in the process of the writing, um, so the running has given me the physical and emotional endurance. But in the process of the writing, I realized that I wasn't just running to lose weight. I mean, I had gotten so much better emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd gotten off some of the medication. I'm still on some medication. I'm very careful to say that didn't cure me, but that, um, you know, it reduced my need for medication enough that that also improved my energy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I felt like I had a story about that. And so it sort of went from middle-aged woman takes up running to middle-aged woman saves her life. Wow. And that felt like, now that's a story. And when I started mm-hmm. talking to people about that and really writing about that, and um, it felt much more like something that would hold together. And then at the same time, which you have no control over, and this is the frustrating thing about writing, 
at the same time, the world started to become more aware of mental health in 2017, mm. 2018. It seemed like that issue started to be talked about much, much more. And of course, now it's everywhere because with, you know, we're in still in the middle of a global, excuse me, still in, we are still in the middle of a global pandemic while we're recording this. And, um, so that's a big thing. And so the timing was good too. So by the time I had something that was ready to pitch, it felt like, um, it was the right time. And then I found this wonderful publisher mango. Uh, it's a very small press. Well, actually it's not anymore. It's growing in leaps and bounds. And they were ready to take a risk on somebody who you know had a little bit of a platform had not been published before who had a story that they felt was important. Uh, Brenda Knight, especially my, my editor, she just um, picked me up. You know, they call it the slush pile when you uh, are over the transom, when right. you send things in, because a lot of what they get is from agents or they go looking for um, influential people and invite them to write a book because right. that person already has a platform. So that's kind of their MO. And I was the opposite. They mm. turned me into somebody with a platform. So, right. Um, right. So yeah, that's, that, that's kind of, it's, it's, I can feel the connection, but sometimes it's hard to describe it. The biggest thing was figuring out that um, because of what running had done to improve my mental health. I mean, I was no longer napping every day. I was showering more often. I was, um, you know, doing a lot of the self-care things that you just don't do. And the medication was a big piece that, that, um, that gave me a story to write and the energy to write it. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Was, there's so much to that story. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm riveted. So I'm like, oh, I have to ask a question now. Um, <laughs> you know, that's wonderful. I, I, um, and I, I really appreciate too, cause I know a lot of my listeners are writers as well. Um, that, that part about getting picked up by a publisher without having a huge following already, like, do, did you have a huge social media following at that time? No, I had, what I had was a newsletter list. So I, it was primarily of writers, which is not always the best thing because my book right. is not, there is writing in my book. I do talk about the difficulty with writing and how that was part of the mental health struggle. Um, but, <clears throat> um, but if I, you know, had followed the marketing advice, I would have started um, email newsletter for runners or for mental right, health, or, right. you know, there's so many cro and meditation, all that. And so, um, so I had that, but I did have a almost 2000 people on a email newsletter, mm -hmm. which was enough for them to go, okay, she knows how to do this at least. Right. Um, because that's part of it is to, is not even that you have it, that you know how to do it when it's time. Yeah. And I do have, but I did have a presence on, you know, a lot of different social media platforms. And so they could see that. But really, it was mostly it was the it was the social media platform, and then in the proposal because it was a not even though it was a memoir, I had to write a nonfiction proposal because they want to know how are you going to market this book. I know right, we're right. the publisher, but you get to market it, and so I did have a very um, robust plan about how to do readings and workshops and get on podcasts. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah. um, that kind of thing um, about how to do that. And that impressed them too. Um, and I had help writing that too. I hired people to help me. You, know, you have to, I, like I had to give them all the information 
And I had to actually write it because it had to be in my voice. But I had people help me say, well, that's not that's not realistic or, well, you're not being you're not thinking big enough both both ways. And uh, so I got a lot of help, too, along the way. It, you know, it's funny. It's like, oh, this is my book. Well, there are 10,000 people in, you know, behind <laughs> yeah. that book, between the runners and the writers and the meditators and my husband and the dog. And the, yeah. you know, there's, the book is, is it's a team. It really, I, I have a blog post, I think it says writing as a team sport because it really yeah. takes, a, takes a team. That's beautiful. I love that. So tell us a little bit about your, the groups that you have. You have uh, Mind, Mood, and Movement. And you also have a group called the Writer's Mind. Can you talk a little about those? Yes, yes. Those are little Facebook groups. And Mind Mooded Movement is the one where I'm probably the most active. And I curate other people's material is what I do. I go, I subscribe to a whole bunch of different newsletters and um, blogs and things like that. And then I find the ones that feel, I mean, it's very intuitive. They feel right to me, but their mental health meditation, movement, not just running, but movement, just exercise as a, like movement as medicine kind of thing. Mm, yes. And then dogs and unicorns, <laughs> because it's my group. I love unicorns. And so about once a week, okay. I post a unicorn. Meme. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah, that's it. And if you that's don't like unicorns, If you don't like unicorns, it's not the right group for you. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, a, it's just a, you know, completely curated. And then on Friday, I have what's called feature Friday, where if you have any kind of business related to nothing or everything, you can post a link on that thread. So it's not a discussion group. There's not a lot of back and forth, except when if I ask a question, people can comment. And um, there have been a lot of really great discussions there. It's mostly just me curating material, a lot of memes, because um, just other people just in you know one sentence can just nail something we're all feeling. So yeah. I'll share that. Give I always give credit to where I found things. And then there's some original material. For a while, I was trying to post a practice. For a while, I was trying to post a practice every day, and that was just too much. And then I went to three times a week. And right now, I'm actually working on another book. And so I had to abandon that for a while. Mm -hmm. I'll probably get back to that. But, uh, but And the practices would be writing practice, movement practice, and um, uh, meditation. And I have an um, an ebook called Three Ways to Heal Your Mind, which people can download off my website if they would like. Um, and those are the just you know the the tip the what is it too long didn't read it's writing practice meditation and for me running but movement those are the three ways I heal my mind. Beautiful, beautiful. And so oh, you and mentioned I, those, yeah, go yeah ahead. I didn't talk about the writer's mind. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the writer's mind actually grew out of that um, <clears throat> the it may have been the same workshop that you were in because I tend to take a lot of, of Natalie's online workshops and um, still even all these years later. And um, uh, because uh, some people from that group had said, Mita, you should do something with this. And so what I have done is I've tried to curate articles that help people who are used to doing writing practice, but want to publish the work because writing practice itself is not about publication. It's about connecting with yourself connecting with who you are. But people go to Natalie hoping that she'll teach them how to pu publish books. And then they're somewhat disappointed. I mean, she'll tell you how she did it. But unless you're really, really, really intuitive, um, it might not work for you. Mm -hmm. So excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, unless you're really, really intuitive, it might not work for you. And so what I have tried to do is provide mostly, again, curated articles about people who write memoir, people who 
get published, people who are in that same kind of space as Natalie or in that same kind of writing genre mm-hmm. sort yes. of place and how they use um, books as models, what kind of uh, structure they use. So it's more about publishing, um, but there's also a lot of writing practice stuff in it too. And again, with that, I also was trying to do, I think I still do once a week, I'll put a, a little writing practice exercise or a little, it's more like a miniature essay about writing practice, about the inner critic, about the gap, about keep, why why keep your hand moving? Why is that so important? Uh, right. Where writing practice come from? Things like that. So it's sort of Nita's little take on um, okay. 30 years of writing practice. Okay. And, and those are both on Facebook. Yeah. So those are Facebook okay. groups. And then I also have my newsletter, which um, it's, well, I have two newsletters, but one is for Central Ohio writers primarily, although anybody can subscribe and the essays might be helpful. It's uh, called Right Now Columbus. And then I have my Nita's News newsletter, which is everything about Nita's publishing and meditation and movement and dogs. And I don't think I, I don't think there's any unicorns in there yet, but there might be sometime. There, there might be. It sounds like there might be at yeah, some point in the future. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, so how can people find you, Nita? Besides the Facebook, I mean, what's the best way for us to find you and online? At my website, which is nitasweeney.com. It's N-I-T-A-S-W-E-E-N-E-E.com. Three E's. Okay. I'm sure you'll put And your free ebook is there. I have the link to that. I'm going to put that in the show notes for, for people uh, in case they'd like to get it. Yes. Um, and uh, I think you also have a link tree. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That has everything, right? Right, so right. I'll put that and in it there. Includes, well. it, it includes now, my next book was featured in the Wall Street Journal. Oh, wow. In January. And right. so it has a link to that article. It was, I think, a roundup of five books on the mind-body connection. And my new book, which didn't even have a cover at the time, uh, was included in the online version has a picture of Scarlett, my dog and I running, which is kind of oh, wonderful. So yeah. So that's in the link tree. They can look for that there. Beautiful. That and that All book right. will come out in August. Oh, lovely. Okay. Good to know. So Nita Sweeney, thank you so much for being on self-talk. It's been a great, talk, great talk. <laughs> thank you very much, Rachel. And thank you for the work you're doing. This is important stuff. I really, I, you're doing a great thing. Thanks. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you. Uh,